0: Welcome to Eden Speaks. Our prayer for this podcast is that this can be a place of openness, grace, honesty, and connection with our sisters in Christ, and any brothers out there who are tuning in. While this podcast is in connection to our women's ministry at Living Word in Oak Harbor, Washington, we welcome everyone that is looking for real, Christ-centered conversations. Some of these conversations may be hard and emotional, stirring up parts of us we would prefer to keep hidden and protected. Ephesians 5.13 says, But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. Let us be that light to one another. Let's take a step outside of our comfort zone. Let's trust Jesus to show us how to give grace and hope to others, and also put us in a posture to receive it as we engage in a journey of growth. Let's speak the truth of God's Word. Let's always speak love. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Eden Speaks, a place of hope, encouragement, and grace. I'm Amy. And I'm Shannon.
1: Today, Amy and I are going to be discussing the Eden Gathering message that aired just one week ago. The scripture focus from that message has got us really thinking about the rocks in our lives, that the Lord may be asking us to not just move or to get around, to avoid or ignore, but to rest our heads upon just as Jacob did in the wilderness, as he fled his family home in Genesis 28. So our big question for one another and for you all today is what's your rock? And not because this rock in your life is simply something hard that you're facing, although that does matter to us too, for sure, but more because this rock represents a place or a space in your life that you're compelled by a prompting of the Holy Spirit to rest your head on like a pillow. And once you have, you will see or have seen God move there and hear deeply his promises. So just as Jacob experienced, his rock in the wilderness became a pillow for him for the night. But while his head lay on that very rock, God showed up and that rock became a pillar that a promise rested upon, a personal promise just for Jacob and his family. And that pillar ultimately worked to build his faith. So again, we ask, what's your rock? And maybe you have even more than
0: just one. Yeah, I think that that's, legit we can oftentimes have more than one um you know we're we're getting ready to dig into this book stay which i'm super excited about and like we kind of talked about in the first episode there's all these invitations mm-hmm. that are presented to us in this book and i feel like this message that we all got to hear last week is a whole nother invitation that was put out to everybody personally by you, you know, by God, like God, you know, obviously God's a part of this too, but that message specifically was really an invitation to allow ourselves to be uncomfortable with some of these rocks. Yeah. It's not always going to feel great. Mm -hmm. Um, An invitation for growth and for exploration and really that invitation into God's promises and being able to start being aware of those, being yeah. you know having those be things that we're paying attention to, because these promises they're always present. Yeah, they're always right. present. Mm-hmm. And maybe we haven't seen the final results of what some of those promises are. We might just be right in the middle of it, um, and so we don't really know what that's going to look like, which is super scary when mm-hmm. I mean, you really don't know what that that looks like, or Maybe the promises are there. Maybe they're right there in front of us right now. Yeah. But they don't always look the way that we think they're <laughs> that going is to. So true. <laughs> or the way that we want them to. It's it's there, but it's like, oh, well, yeah, I, I see that, but that's that's not really yeah. exactly what I was going for. Yeah. So it's like, I'm not so sure. Yeah. Thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and, and of course there's always that possibility that or there I mean it's a thing where there's the opportunity for us to reflect on the ways that we have seen God move in the past mm-hmm. and yeah, sure. how he has worked and how he's been faithful and how he's kept his promises. And we may have missed all of that in the moment. Yeah. That's right. But I think we miss it a lot. Yeah, we absolutely do miss it a lot, but we're also given the this gift of being able to look back on those situations and be mm-hmm. like, I see it now. Mm-hmm. What can I glean from that? What have I learned from that? Mm-hmm. And be able to kind of soak some of that in and hopefully we can apply it moving forward, but I know I'm not very good at that. I know, I don't feel
1: like I have a lot of faith in myself, that's for sure, which is probably yeah. not a bad thing. But
0: Well, we gotta be putting our faith in the right place, right? Yeah,
1: for sure. <laughs> Yeah, so again, we ask, um, what's your invitation? What's your rock? Um, that's the question we're going to kind of delve into mm-hmm. today. But before we do that, um, can we pray? Can we just pray Let's over this time? Yeah. Heavenly Father, we just come before you and we just lift um, our words to you. And we just ask that as our words float out over the airwaves, wherever they are, whenever they are, this could be five years from now <laughs> for all we know, but that they would flow out and that they would land in the hearts and minds of people who need to hear this message. And that our words would kind of transform and go and morph into the message that you want them to hear. Um, we surrender our words to you today, Lord God, as we share stories about what our rocks are in our lives and as we kind of delve into this topic and um, as we explore where you've been and where you're going to be and just that deepening of our faith, Lord Jesus, we pray that um, this message would um, do the same, that it would help those who are hearing um, to deepen their faith and to hear more and to see more of who you are in their in their specific personal lives to lord jesus so we surrender in this time to you we lift it up to you we say we trust you with it in your holy holy and precious name we pray lord jesus amen amen yes all right girl so what's your rock what's your invitation to a mm.
0: deeper faith well i want to hear all about it. <laughs> god's been god's been working isn't that the truth um, <laughs> yeah goodness. That promise. That's real. That's a real promise. It's a promise. He's always working and he's been working on this one in me for a while. A long, long while. Okay. But it's really only come to my awareness. I would say it came to my awareness a year, year and a half ago. Okay. Wasn't in a place like I knew it was there. God was like, I need you to trust me mm. with your finances. Okay. And I'm like, but I don't want I'll give you my son. Sure. I will give you my marriage. Uh-huh. I will hand over all of this to you, but I want to keep this one mm-hmm. for me because I'm just not ready to let go of it yet. I had a great conversation with pastor drew about it. He mm-hmm. was super helpful. You gave me the rooted, the part of the rooted yeah, book right? about finances. I, I read bet. that. It's like, In my head, it's like, this all makes so much sense. I get it. I do need to do this. And nothing. It just wasn't like it was in my head, but it hadn't made it to that heart place yet. And so I just was sitting with it and sitting with it. And he's just continually having these conversations with me about trusting him in this way. And I I kept telling him, yes, Lord, I, I know. I know I can trust you. I know i can right uh, i'm not doing it yet right but i know that i can yes. and that i should yeah so you know he's been working in, in me with this for a long time so um i i'm a therapist mm-hmm. i've been doing that for two and a half years as a independent well not fully independent i'm in a group practice but um But I've also had this other job Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that I have had for going on eight years. I had this job before I even started my master's program. And they have been so supportive and just encouraging. And I literally it would have been a major battle to accomplish getting my master's degree and doing my internship and getting into private practice. Mm-hmm. Oh, they accommodated
1: for all that, they, all the time yes. and all that.
0: Wow. Yes. Plus, I'm
1: sure it was like, oh, good. I have some money to spend towards yes. this. this. Yeah. So yes. it was like, it was a
0: win-win situation. You know, I was able to, they were flexible. It gave me flexibility in my schedule. Mm-hmm. I was able to do work from home. When I had to do internships, they were like, tell us when you can be here and when you can't and we will work with that. And so that was all happening. And then I graduated and, you know, started working with sanctuary. And again, it was like, all right, well, what do you want to do? Are you, do you, are you going to go do that full time you tell us? And so I started doing the two days a week with therapy and then I got more clients. Then I moved to three days a week and was there for the other two days a week. And it was, it was such a, it was security. Yeah. In that I had, I was building this practice, but I always had a paycheck every two weeks Mm -hmm. to continue contributing. And then it started to feel like a crutch. Ah. It was no longer security so much, but it's like, this is something that I'm leaning on and not spreading my wings (laughs) the way that maybe I should in my therapy practice. And, god really started placing that on my heart
1: yeah so kind of keeping it really safe
0: yes absolutely yes. safe and it was a combination of the financial part of it and it was also a combination of my own self-doubt yeah. well if i'm if i realize i'm not good enough at this therapy thing i have this backup sure I'm doing great in my therapy practice yeah. Yeah. i love it i'm passionate about it it brings me so much joy but it was always like well i still have this self-doubt about my own ability so let's just keep this thing over here that's serving me two purposes. Brings me in a paycheck and I always have this backup plan. Yeah. God had other ideas. <laughs> and over the past couple months, probably three months or so, he has just been all over my Mm. All the time. Just mm. telling me over and over and over again, it's time for you to move on. It's time for you to move on. This chapter is done. Yeah. And you need to do this. And I was like, oh wow this is really scary this is really scary yeah here i am you know you're urging me into this position of giving up this very steady paycheck yes i can take on another day of therapy awesome but there's still that security aspect of the finance part of it not to mention that july of next year my husband is retiring from the military after right. 20 years oh, which is Huge unknown. Yeah. We don't know what that's going to look like for him. So that financial piece is just going to be like flipped upside down and no idea where those pieces are going to fall. But he's like, nope, now's the time. And I'm like, I don't like your timing. Yeah. It's like, I get it. But now's the time. And so I kept having this conversation with myself of, I need to make a decision. I need to make a decision about what I'm going to do. And in my heart, that was my head talking and my heart. I'm going, "I already know what I'm going to do? He's telling me I need to leave this other job. So I have to leave this other job. Right. And so so three weeks ago, I put in my notice and told them that I would be leaving at the end of the year. And it was terrifying. But there was a level of peace that came with that that I was not expecting. I was expecting anxiety. I was expecting to be like, oh my gosh, now what do I do? Like I have literally just yanked away that thing that I've been holding on to to make me feel safe for so long. And it's, I'm training a new person. Like I'm literally doing it.
1: Yeah. Heading out. Yes. Being obedient.
0: Jumping off the cliff. Yeah. Right. (laughs) That's That's right. And now I got to make sure I can fly, which I know I can. And I know his promise in all of this has been, you can trust me. You can trust me. And that is just what he keeps telling me over and over and over again. Yeah. And all this time that, you know, he's, he's been telling me this for a long time now. Yeah. And it was still just up in my head. Like, yes, Lord, I know Mm -hmm. I can trust Mm -hmm. you. Like I can look around and I can see all the ways that he is blessing me currently and the way that he's blessed me in the past. And it is beautiful and wonderful and makes my heart just swell. Yeah. But that's all stuff that I can see happening or have seen happen. Now I'm being put in a position of you need to trust what you don't know. Right. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what that's going to look like. You just have to trust that I have plans for you. And I think a big piece of that for me was when I was leaving my internship, when I was just getting ready to graduate. I had the opportunity to work at the place that I was doing my internship and like Mm -hmm. I could step right into therapy. Yeah. Like awesome. Like I had a caseload already. Like I could have hit the ground running. And he was like, Nope, this is not the place for you. I have something in the works for you. And my supervisor kept asking me over and over and over again to stay. And I kept having to tell her no Yeah, over and over and over again. And she's, she considered herself spiritual, not religious. Mm -hmm. Um, and I finally just said to her, I said, you know, I, I'm a religious woman and the Lord is telling me that he has something else for me. Yeah. And I have to trust that that's true. I have no idea what it is, but I have to trust that it's true. And so therefore I cannot take a position here. And five months later, he handed me my position at sanctuary through it's, I mean, his. he was up to his elbows in that situation, making oh, nice. that just happen exactly the way that it needed to happen. Mm-hmm. It all fell into place so perfectly. There's no other way that anybody could have orchestrated that the way that he did. Mm-hmm. And I have that same feeling now no idea what it's going to look like. And that's the only way you know, huh, is by looking
1: back and kind of digging into that place where you felt that before. I felt this before. I've seen this before. This is a pillar. When you turn around and look like, oh, that was rock at one point but it turned into a pillar and his promise was there. I do totally agree with you in the sense of like, I felt this before. That's something that mm-hmm. we say or can draw from when we see him moving and
0: we know that there's a promise there. Yes, That's so cool. Yes, I love that. Yes, And that promise for that peace beyond all understanding yeah like, i have felt that more than once and every time like i just have to go straight to lord i know this is you mm-hmm. because i should be a wreck right now i should be a nervous wreck i should right. be a disaster but just total peace mm-hmm. like this is all going to be okay i don't know what it's going to look like when it's okay but i do know that i'm going to be good yeah. We are going to be good Yeah, because he promises that. And just that bone deep just assurance right. that I have felt previously and that I felt in this situation. There's still fear there though. Sure. There's
1: still absolutely like, fear. Well, so it's almost as if the rock, if, if the rock was pull up this rock and put your head on surrendering the control over your finances to yes. me, it's like if you imagine, you remember like toddlers or whatever. You see them, and their heads are down, and they pop their heads back up. Like, right? It's like your head is down, and then you're up, and your is down and you're up again, and your head is down, and you're up again, and your head is down, and it's just waiting that out and really staying there and trusting that, keeping your eyes focused yes. on the promise of or that feeling, that deep knowing inside. And of course, yeah, there there's still it creeps back in. Oh yeah, doubt creeps in. And oh, did I really
0: hear that? what am I doing? That's
1: <laughs> so true. Yeah. That's so true. And
0: just being aware when those things happen and having that conversation with myself and having that conversation not only with the Lord but with the enemy. Like, uh-uh. Yeah. You are not going to try to whisper all that crap in my yeah. ear yeah. and make me doubt when I know yes. And see, that's the thing. When we did a study on the Crash the Chatterbox and a year or so ago. The thing that stood out in that book so much to me that just I don't think I'll ever forget was this one little section about how the enemy doesn't tell us straight up lies. He tells us half truths. Mm -hmm. There's just enough truth to it that we can start doubting, that we can start questioning. So he's going to start throwing at me, you don't know what this is going to look like. You might not be able to pay your bills you won't be able to maintain the lifestyle that you're used to having right now. What's this going to do to your marriage? If there's financial struggles, Yeah, like, that's just going to destroy your marriage. Which, right?
1: As a marriage and family therapist, you know, that's like number one. It issue. is a fact. It yeah, is uh, one of
0: the biggest yes. like, problems and yeah. that can cause one of the, cause so many problems in a marriage is when there is financial issues. And so just being peppered with those things and being like, yeah, but having financial issues, I don't know. It could be a thing but it also could not be a thing, right? I don't know what it's right. gonna be. So I just have to keep trusting that whatever it is, whether Tom is handed a amazing job that does allow us to maintain our lifestyle, or we only have to make moderate changes, or we're struggling, right. regardless of what that looks like, he's going to be right there in that, that with into us. That. Yeah, And sure. that's where that trust mm-hmm. has to extend to. Mm-hmm. And there are days when I'm like, I got this. I'm going to do it. I'm like just my own biggest cheerleader. And then there's other days I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. How could right. I do this to my family? Yeah. Knowing that we have major changes happening in less than a year. Right. Yes. But I have to. Yeah. I have to. It's that uh, is obedience. And yeah. he is already showing me. I see you. I see that you are listening. I see that you are taking this major step of faith. It's all just faith.
1: Yeah, you can see, like, I can just tell, too, that I think he he just honors that, too. I mean, he, the Bible says, faith like a mustard seed. That's a teeny tiny little bit of faith. That's not, like, big faith. I mean, this right now, what you're talking about, that's big faith. Because it's been uh, it's been up and coming, and the Lord's been working on it. And mm-hmm. you've been like, you can have this, you can have that, but not my finances, right? And now, this is big faith. but starts with little tiny, tiny faith. Yeah. And I like how you said you said um he, you know, maybe it will be maybe it will be great, but maybe it won't be. But he is right there. that's the promise. Mm-hmm. The promise is that he is there. What did you say he said specifically to you? You can trust me. Yes. Right? And ultimately yeah. like Whatever that means, like he knows what's going to happen. It makes me think of, you know, yes, we talked about Genesis 28, but we also talked about Mark 4, you know, in the the Eden Gathering message. And we talked about how, where is our focus? Is the focus on the storm or is the focus on Jesus, the rock, in the boat, asleep? Um, we have to just be like, we have to make choices in that. Mm-hmm. And I think that only those choices only come with experiences of faith when he walks us through, kind of like you said, I get I know this feeling. I felt this before. He's he's here. He's in the midst of this. Um but yeah, yeah. our focus really matters and trusting and hanging on to that, the actual promise. And he didn't promise you you were gonna be I mean he didn't promise you like, oh don't worry, you're gonna get a Lamborghini and <laughs> I mean, you know it wasn't that. No, that's not what it was. No, not at all.
0: No, it was a very simple like you can you can trust me you know, he promises me and my family, we, we can trust in that. And I truly, truly believe even in those real low moments where I'm really questioning everything. Like I just have to, I have to refocus my eyes back on Jesus. Mm -hmm. Bottom Mm -hmm. line, yes. going back to pastor Stacy's message from two weeks ago, Mm -hmm. what are we putting our hope in? If I'm putting my hope in I'm gonna be able to get all the clients that I need and Tom's gonna to be able to get the exact job that he needs and everything's gonna be fine. I am putting my hope in the wrong place. Right. My hope all needs to be in Jesus because he's the one that's working this. That's right. And he is the one that is gonna give us the provisions that we need. That's right. That's so right. oh, that's awesome. Girl. That's awesome. You are off the cliff. I'm mm.
1: <laughs> so definitely <laughs> that's so good. So the invitation there is an invitation to surrendering. I feel like it's an invitation to surrendering mm-hmm. the control of your finances mm-hmm. and then to like walk in the promise of you yeah. can trust me. Yeah. That's so
0: cool. That's yeah. awesome. I love it. And it does, it feels it feels good. It feels conflicting. Sure. Because it's like it feels so good. But then it's like ah
1: right. Yeah there's always a tension. I feel like I feel like wherever he is, I think this is a mis, mis- you know, we we get this misconstrued in the sense of like wherever he is it's good. But actually wherever he is, it's tension. Because he doesn't ask us it, it, he asks us to do really simple things, but they're not easy. Right. And so yeah, we are always bumping up against where he's calling us to mm-hmm. be and kind of where we could turn to if we mm-hmm. did if we don't. Right. right? Um, and there's tension there. It's good. uncomfortable. Yes. Full on uncomfortable yes. like the rock. Yes. I mean who wants to put their head on a rock to take a night to sleep at night? Not, not me. me.
0: I'd like a nice cushy pillow, please. I love naps and I want to be nice and comfy when I take that nap. That's right. But that's not always how it's going to be. But I feel like there's there's there has to be a direct correlation there. If something is feeling uncomfortable for me in the sense of this is going to be hard, but I also know it's good, like that, that just it signals growth yeah it's that's the so like first yes. that thing is growth yeah he doesn't want me to stay right where I am that's right he has plans that are way bigger than I could ever imagine they were going to be but if I am so set on staying right here all the time because this is safe and this is comfortable and I know exactly what's happening yeah I'm never gonna be able to take those those steps forward into what else he has that's right for me because yeah. I feel really blessed in what he has already given me mm-hmm. but I also know that There's still a lot of road in front of me, but I need to make sure that the road that I'm going down is the one that he is showing me and not the one that's like, oh, that's the most financially safe. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. he's not about safe. No, no, it's not. Yeah. Not at all. That's really true. Um, I actually pointed that out in my message. I said uh, for the eating gathering on Friday or a week ago, I said something along the lines of, um, I can't exactly remember, but how like without discomfort, growth doesn't come without discomfort and mm-hmm. and faith doesn't come without growth. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that me, line. Right. It kind of reminds me of, you know, like even just the resurrection of Jesus, like you, you can't have, you something can't be resurrected if it doesn't first die. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of discomfort in that. Mm-hmm. And then um, it makes me always think when we think about this concept, this idea It always takes me back to um, just the gardener, right? How he, he prunes all the branches that do, that are not bearing fruit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, Pruning, hello, that's us. That's the stuff in us. It's like, ah, this is holding you back. This is holding you back. This is holding you back. I've got somewhere else for you, something more for you, something deeper for you. But every, with every, you know, snip of that, of those pruners, like that hurts. Yeah, It, it doesn't feel great, but, but out the outcome of it you know, the the growth, the fruit that is produced out of like, we can trust in in that and making those snips here and there and here and there, but it does not feel good. And I don't think we should expect it to feel good. It's, Mm -hmm. it's, It's okay. And he tells us, he tells us, his word tells us he is our comfort these where our comfort comes from. So, so if we are uncomfortable, we go to him, mm-hmm. we gather that comfort, we, we press into him, we curl up in the, the, you know, the stern of the boat and and lay on his chest and yes. let, him, let him do that comfort work. So yes. yeah, oh, oh, good
0: stuff, Amy. Yeah. Good job. So proud of you. Oh, oh, exciting. It's exciting. It's <laughs> a journey. <laughs> we're kind of, you know, we're right in the middle of it and just keep trusting. Yeah. That's all we can do. Yeah. Wow. It's awesome beautiful promises,
1: beautiful, um, kind of reflection to looking back on where you've seen him move before. I love that, mm-hmm. that that's so good. So rich and awesome.
0: Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you for letting me share. Yes. My, such a great my story. stuff, my story. Uh, yeah. Such I would, I would love to saying. hear what, uh, what your rock is. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. When I was even preparing this message and I was reading through this story about Jacob, I, kind of knew right away um, what my correlation to, like, his scenario would have been, um, what the equal would have been in my life, um, and I kind of began to process that and think through that quite a bit. Um, uh, mine's different in the sense of of, your, of yours, because you're, like, in the midst of yours right now. Mm-hmm. Um, mine's different in that mine started about two years ago, and so I am pretty far into this you know, promise that I was given, um, and trusting that promise. Um, and so there's a lot of looking back and being reminded. And that's kind of what I was saying, you know, like God's promises hit differently. They hit you in your core. And I feel like he does a really good job of, of reminding us again, bringing and bringing Absolutely. it back and bringing it back and bringing it back and mine has to do with my marriage. Um, I, it's so, it's so fascinating. I feel like there's some details that I'm like, oh, I got to put in these details that could just be the four in me of <laughs> being like, no, no. Um, we'll talk about Enneagram another time, guys, if you're just wondering what I just said, but, um, but there are some details where I'm like, wow, I can't even believe like the intricacy of some of the stuff. Um, so like, uh, it was just a really normal Friday night in my, in my house. And I, I, I remember that that Friday, uh, about a week before that, the Lord had asked me to, um, give up wine of all things in the whole wide world it's like one of my very big why do you do that i know That's one of my amazing. favorite things in the world is to have, a, have my weekly glass of wine on friday night and to just um just enjoy that and kind of unwind and to just you know kind of settle into the weekend and kind of flush the rest of the week the prior week away and i remember that night i was reflecting on that and i was like And I actually was trying to talk myself out of it. I don't know. Is it really that big of a deal? And somewhere in all of that, as I'm processing that and thinking through that and and working to be obedient there, um, Brett and I got in an argument Um, and it was a dumb argument. I have no idea what it was about, but I will say this, that um, the weeks prior, um, back then two years ago the weeks prior to this particular argument he had been kind of picking fights with me and it was unique because I am usually the person who's the instigator. I'm usually the one who's picking fights and and I just remember thinking this is weird and I was actually in a really really good place and I was kind of like whatever this is, this is not me and I remember it just I was like, what's going on with you because I remember just thinking like enough is enough like this is crazy this is like the you know fourth fight in, in like two weeks and kind of whatever it was it felt it felt like something yeah, um and so he he just got quiet and he was like let's let's go in the bedroom um, and so to get some privacy we went in there and I had no idea I'm just like I had no idea where we're going with this and I was like okay we can talk about something And I will say that it was in that moment when the biggest shock I've ever experienced in my life just came crashing through and landed right on the floor of my bedroom. Mm -hmm. Um, and he proceeded to tell me that he had had an affair and um, I was clueless. I had no idea. And I remember in that moment I turned my back to him and I felt like the Lord grabbed me by the chin and like pull my eyes up to him. And he was like, "Uh uh-uh, right here, look at me. And it was the weird, I've never had an experience like that in my life ever before. And I also never had that reaction. You know, normally you would think, I mean, I was shocked myself. I'm surprised I wasn't just like blah, 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 and just, you know, just letting him have it and going into this diatribe and just even, to be honest, like cussing him out. I mean, I, I'm surprised I didn't, but that's not the reaction. And so I've never experienced that before. And I, what I said audibly after I felt that, after I felt the Lord was like, Oh, eyes on me. I said audibly out loud. I said, we serve a mighty, loving and powerful God. And that's all I said. That's all I could say. That's all I had to say. Um, And that is when the Lord said, put your head on this rock because I am here and I am present and I am in this and I'm for both of you. And I'm going to redeem this thing, not just for you, not just for him and not just for your marriage, but it is going to be one entire thing. Because honestly, like I said, I had no idea. I had no idea. And I probably could have gone forever not knowing. Yeah. So the Lord was definitely working, and it was funny because um, a lot of supernatural stuff happened that night. It it was wild. I I just had no. Again, I had never experienced this this level of presence, this level of holiness in the midst of just you know this horrible, like traumatic, awful thing. um that nobody you know wishes nobody (laughs) nobody ever wants wants to hear those words no (laughs) never nobody wants to be in that in that club but I, I remember there was this this supernatural drive to combat two things shame actually three things shame the second one was more deceit more hiding more lying um and now I forget what the other one was. <laughs> I just, said <that's> <laughs> Oh, and distraction. Okay. And distraction. Because again, I felt like the Lord was like, right here, eyes on you, yeah. eyes on me. Because I even felt myself right away, like, wanting to go to the whole, like, he doesn't think I'm beautiful. Like, all this, like, blah, blah, blah. And I felt like the Lord was like, ah! Like, I literally felt like, yeah, clapping in my face. Like, no, no. Like, don't go there. Don't go there. Don't go there. Right here, right here, right here. And so one of the very first things after we kind of, were in the, in the throes of this discussion. And I was going to barf. <laughs> um, I, I got in my car and I actually went to our best friend's home house. And that's the thing I was saying is, you know, to combat like shame and more hiding. And I felt the supernatural wisdom to invite people in now. Like we needed help. Yes. The Lord was there and he had promised us that, but we needed reinforcements. And so I went to our best friend's house. Um, um, and, and the guy, if the best friend happened to be home, he randomly was home, he does never home, he happened to be home. I go in and I just, I just land on their floor and I'm sobbing at the foot of my my, my best girlfriend and her husband takes off for my house. And we just begin to, and I don't think this is what maybe Brett would have wanted, but I, I felt again, this supernatural wisdom and, and this part of just, and this this process of laying my head on this rock and trusting the Lord, um, was inviting people into that. And so we had, you know, reinforcements. And then the very next day I remember, um, I, I brought our pastors in now at that time I say our pastors, but they were also my colleagues. Um, these are people that I work with, but I felt the Lord being like, Heavy hitters. Here we go, bringing them in, um, and so really inviting people into this mm-hmm. process with us. Um, so, so to combat the shame and to combat more hiding and to to combat, you know, the distraction, mm-hmm. um, because not only did he promise to be with us, but it takes community too. And um, and so I remember, I remember distinctly, like just going through going through that and really inviting people in. Yeah, um, yeah and and just his presence, the power of the Lord's presence. Yeah. And, and like I said, that, that part of like staying away from the distractions, because of course there was anger and there was frustration and there was, I mean, I I did lose, I did lose it at times and I did, but, but it was also, there's weird, really, again, supernatural like level of understanding. Um, You know, we had, you know, we had been through, we've been through a lot in our marriage. We, we've lost kids and we've, we've walked and navigated through that and, and we, you know, we tried for adoption and failed at that and, and and had two kiddos placed in our home and, and realized it really was the wrong choice. We were being completely disobedient. Um, we were walking outside of the will of the Lord. And so we had weathered some stuff. Um, and so, and so, yeah, I, I just, I feel like there was a lot of, I could, I could almost understand. That sounds crazy but I can almost understand, like, I can under, I can understand how a person could, could get here mm-hmm. to get to this place where he could have made, you know, some of the choices that he had made. I mean, I could have just as easily have, I mean, in a way, I mean, we were, we were kind of desperate. You go to these desperate places and, um, and again, the distraction component, I mean, um, could have just easily, easily been, been distracted and gotten pulled from, what the Lord was trying to do mm-hmm. in our lives, the promises, promises that He had for us. Um, but that's 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 when I felt like I heard the Lord say to me, um, on top of the whole eyes on me, stay focused on me. He also said, and I have Him. Right, like I was like, oh well, it's my job now to to write his path. It's my job now to mm-hmm. to um, you know to correct to correct along the lines where things went wrong, and let me teach you da 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 da, and let me enter into this space. And, and the Lord was like, oh no no, your job is to just stay focused on me, mm-hmm. uh, to just cling to my promise, which is that I have him, I have him. I have a promise for his life. I have I have I have something I'm doing there too. Um, and, of course, he had promises for me, too, and promises, I felt like, just like I said, for our, our marriage, but, but I do think that um, that he just, that deep knowing, that deep reminder, and still today, I when I get angrier and I get frustrated or I get doubtful or I get fearful, like, oh, what if it's happening again? I did not, re- I didn't know it was happening then. What if it's happening now? And I feel like the Lord just brings me back to that place of like, uh uh-uh, head on that rock. Trust that I'm working. Trust that I'm moving. Trust that I'm doing things, which I could clearly see. Mm -hmm. But remember, I told you I have him. I have him. And so, and what more, what way better capable hands
0: than (laughs) mine, right? I mean, I hate to admit that, but. Yeah. I I have two questions that come to mind. The first one is when you found yourself in that place of, okay, I, I can help him, I can help fix him, I can help get him on the right path. Was that from the place in your heart of this is my husband and I want to fix this, or was there like a pastor part of you that was coming out of like I know what to do with people in these times? I like help people in yeah, these these question. spiritual things. Sure. Like, was one of those pulling sure. on you harder than the other? Sure,
1: that is actually a really really good question, and I can remember it was a lot of both, um, and. And and another thing that happened that was super, that was, I was going to say super, supernatural, that was very supernatural, <laughs> super, supernatural is confusing, but that was very supernatural was, um, I felt like the Lord also was telling me, Hey, everything that comes out of your mouth, like run through, run through me. Right. And there were times when I was like, uh, should I say this? Should I not say this? And I can think of one that was more like a past pastoral component, um, that I definitely was like. this is this from you do you really have me because again were put together, you know, males and females were made to complete one another. Mm-hmm. We're made to help one another, to make each other better than we are. And so I, as we were thinking about this process, cause I felt like um, the Lord had told us like, Hey, to become one. Like part of our problem was, is that we were operating out of these two separate places. Yeah, separate places. Um, It was like, he was doing him and I was doing me and completely separate places. And he was like, "To become one. And in that, I remember feeling like, okay, I can trust some of what I do have to share with him. I can trust some of what I do. Have to tell him, but I also knew that the Holy Spirit was like, "I'll tell him that," you know, right? Sometimes, but this one time I can specifically remember, um, my it was, "Hey, you got you got to get in your word. You got to remember. You got to get into what God's truth is mm-hmm. um, about you, about Himself." And and so that was one thing, one thing. And not that he wasn't, he was having quiet. That's the other crazy thing is he was actually having quiet. So he was having quiet times every single day. Um, but he wasn't, he was using like devotionals or kind of different things. It wasn't God's word. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just felt this strong urging to kind of be like, hey, God's word. So there there was, there was that that was kind of more a pastoral kind of like a hey, here's here's the antidote to kind of a lot of stuff, like get yeah. into God's word, get into his truth, get into his promises and read those for yourself. Um, but of course there were other things too, but I almost felt like in those other things that were that had nothing to do with, you know, being a pastor or or what have you, um, it was, it was stuff that I, I felt like I actually wasn't called to say that he needed to hear from his father, because I do think that there was part of a struggle there where, um, almost like he, he had almost lost his place. I mean, from all the stuff that was going on in our lives and all the stuff that we were experiencing, he almost kind of lost his place of, you know, spiritual leadership for sure. Um, but even just like leadership, like. Yeah. like you know the male figurehead leadership um of our home and i and i think in that there were times i i definitely was called to not say a word and to look and that's kind of where he was like i have him where the lord was like mm-hmm. i have him because i think he was calling me to 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 come beneath that so that the lord could build bread up which was part of answering the cries of my heart. I mean, right? Like, these are the cries of all of our hearts for our husbands to to take this leadership role. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the times, and I felt like the Lord said, but you got to get out of the way.
0: Mm-hmm. Ouch. I yeah. Mean, that's, yeah. Always a, that's a tough one to swallow.
1: It is a tough one to swallow. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I think it was definitely both. I think it was definitely both some pastoral stuff, but also just some regular everyday wife tells mm-hmm. husband what to do, but the Lord was like, uh-uh.
0: Not today. Sister. sister. I got him. Yeah.
1: I got it. Yeah. yeah,
0: but good for you for being obedient in that. Mm-hmm. Being like, man, oh, it was painful. Okay, Lord. Oh, I don't want talk to talk about the tension that we were talking about. That was, and that goes that right <laughs> into just, my second question yeah. of what was that tension like for you of feeling on the one hand like you could almost understand, yeah. given all the circumstances, and just. Knowing what you knew about what all you guys had been through, but then also obviously having all this anger and frustration yeah. and gosh, I would want to just rip him up one side and right down the other, you know. Yeah. So, what was that like yeah. to stay in that tension of experiencing both? Yeah.
1: I mean, I'll tell you that I wish I could show you the physical posture of what that looked like right now, but it's a podcast, so you can't see. <laughs> I could <can> see. You <laughs> could see. I mean, it's it's it. It's on your face surrender mm-hmm. because I, another thing I felt like I heard the Lord say is like, anger won't work here. I I felt like it would just, I, I felt like he was probably already pretty steeped in some pretty significant shame for right. having like, you know, faltered to this thing, which any of us are capable of doing. Yeah. I mean, it's why I never say I'll never dot, 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 because we don't ever say never. No, Cause we don't know what we'll never do, but yeah. So to keep from, to keep from that and honestly later down the road, I would say maybe even, you know, like I said, this pretty much was almost two years ago. So I would say almost a year into it. I remember I did bring up like the, I don't know what to do with my anger because I am angry and I've been obedient and I've been living in this tension of surrendering that anger before the Lord. But I I need I need you to know still like this is in here Mm -hmm. like there is still a massive amount of anger in here. Mm -hmm. And so I I felt and I felt like that was part of us really just being being really honest, more vulnerable with one another, more transparent with one another. And that whole two become one, because Mm -hmm. I started feeling like, okay wait a minute. I'm, I am a human being, and we have all range of emotions, and anger is one of them. Oh, yeah. Now, he has a he has an aversion to anger. That's not his go-to, but for the way I'm wearing, it is, it can be my go-to. Mm-hmm. I can be a little bit more irate and a little bit more like, which is funny as a pastor because people probably think all the time, like, wow, this chick's kind of a hothead. You know, there are parts <laughs> of me, like, I'm still a human being, and I, and honestly, I'm like, I don't know what to do except for to just let you see all of that because mm-hmm. otherwise it's just phony baloney. And I don't want to be a phony pastor mm-hmm. and I didn't want to be a phony wife. I didn't want him. I needed him to, to enter into like the reality of where I truly was. So, so I, now nav- I felt like I, I prayed about it. And like I said, it was on my face about all that. And I was like, I feel like I felt like the Holy Spirit was like, yeah, it is time to kind of start to navigate some of that and to enter into some of that, like what what together brett what can you and i what can we do with this anger together mm-hmm. as opposed to just you know clobbering him over the head with right. it or you know like you said like ripping him up one side and down yeah. the other which you're right i i 100 wanted to do and there are still days when i think about it and i just get like i could still easily go there mm-hmm. um but that just wasn't that just wasn't part of the rock yeah. um, the rock was like no head on the rock. It's going to be uncomfortable. It's going to be this, but I am working and moving. And honestly, you know, like if we think about Jacob and the fact that he puts his head on this rock and he goes to sleep at night and he he has this dream and this gets his promise and he, and there's a pillar there, right? Like he's like, I will call this rock a pillar. Um, I, if it weren't for being able to see, you know, again, God's promises are I'm moving, I'm working all the time. Yes, I heard his promise um, to me for bread. I have him, I have him, but I was also able to see along the road that the Lord was working, which helped me continue to surrender to and be obedient to where God was calling me in this thing. Yeah. You know, there's also another side of me that's it's hard for me to, sometimes it's hard for me to like admit like that this is how I handled it. Like you know, what, what self-respecting woman just, you know, lays down and, you know, and of course Christians do. We, we do because, because think of what he did for us. Um, but that's, that's a, that's a struggle inside of me too. Yes, it is. Um, but it's just constant surrender, 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 and, and letting God, you know, do his work. And, um, while I, work to trust him. And, and, you know, like we said, even, you know, what's your, what are your eyes on? We talked about that with yours too. Like um, I had to make sure my eyes were not on some of the things the world says about infidelity, some of the things that, um, that, you know, I could easily get, you know, led down these roads of specifically things like Oh, he doesn't think I'm pretty. Oh, he's not attracted to me. He's not sexually attracted to me. He he thinks I'm this, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. and that's why. But but you know, even in those conversations, and you probably know this as a therapist, like those aren't the reasons that people cheat. They're not them, right? And mm-hmm. so, starting to learn to understand like what his process was, and having some grace and some some mercy there, and and and, and opening up a place where he could be, where he could be safe to be vulnerable with Mm -hmm. some of the things, some of the processes, some of the, you know, how he had processed and what it felt like for him, you know, in the years prior, all the loss and the different things that we had walked through and experienced. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't, I wouldn't have been able, he wouldn't have had that space in that place if it weren't for just the Holy Spirit's presence, like it was,
0: like it was, which was just so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because without that, you probably would have been this massive ball of anger, all the time, or at least for a a, a time while you were processing through that, which would have repelled Brett from any type of fruitful conversation for for you guys to have. Mm -hmm. And anger is powerful. Mm -hmm. And anger, I think for a lot of people, not for Brett, obviously, and not for me as a nine, but that is a go-to emotion for a lot of people because it's like, it's accessible. Right. Yeah. And I feel like it's one of those emotions that is less vulnerable. Amen. Yeah, feel safe. I was it does. It it's really it's safe. a safer yeah. emotion. It's socially acceptable. It is <laughs> because we can say, "Oh, I'm so angry. Like this person made me so mad. And I'm so angry about this and so angry about that." But trying to get somebody to be vulnerable and say things like, "I am fearful. I yeah. am feeling like I am being taken advantage of. I'm not feeling like I'm heard or seen." I feel X, Y, you know, these things that are so much more vulnerable. I'm unworthy. Like we could go down the list of those emotions that are more vulnerable and those are generally under the surface of that anger. But the anger is like right there. It's like, I can do this. I can express anger and I can feel like it's going to be more acceptable and people aren't, you know, it's not going to leave me raw Yeah, the way that some of these more vulnerable emotions can. And that's the word that just has, I've been sitting here listening to you when you first started talking and then you started talking about, right? Like vulnerability. Yeah. Both of you had to be willing to be in a place of being vulnerable, not only to each other, but absolutely being vulnerable to the Lord and what he was calling you to do right. in that. Yeah, And that's hard. Mm-hmm. Vulnerability is hard. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. and I feel like the whole process, like
1: it forced us to examine why we weren't being vulnerable maybe right and like you said like you know anger is a safe go to emotion Mm -hmm. I had to even me I had to really press into okay pick a different one yeah what else yeah what else what else and so we really started I felt like the Lord just used this time to really teach us skills to learn about our own selves and how we operate why how we operate why we operate why how we operate and mm-hmm. just all this different stuff this really really depth of like oh i can see now why i do why i'm wired to feel like anger is the the go to thing mm-hmm. and i can could be like, okay and i can see why i'm wired to be that vulnerability doesn't feel safe at all Um, the depth of that is just a lot. And um, I feel like there are so many places along the way that he really taught us and gave us these, these new tools um, that ultimately helped us, like I said, how we're, how we're wired to, to, to work together and not be adversarial Mm -hmm. and working, working against one another and to understand how those things inside of us, whether they be, you know, whether they be gifts, you know, they could it could be seen as gifts when used properly, gifts or even just shortcomings or even just like our brokenness, like we could really start to see like how it's important for us to understand what that is and what those things are because and how they impact one another mm-hmm. in our connected relationship too. And it makes me just think about like David. I mean, he... You know, King David in the Bible, he ran the gamut of emotions. Oh, and so goodness. he's the perfect, you know, when, when when the Bible says, you know, man after God's own heart, like you understand like this gamut of like we're wired this way. So it actually taught us how to tap into so many more things. And it left us being really, really passionate about wanting to take this journey that the Lord has walked us down and the tools he's shown us and how to really press into him and be on our faces before him and trust him. He, he, he's given us a passion now to kind of walk through that too with others. Mm -hmm. Um, Whether that be, you know, just learning how to um, acknowledge like the kind of power struggle that maybe a wife might find herself in, but really the depth of her, the cry of her heart is for her her spouse to be that, that leader. Mm -hmm. Um, Or maybe like, or, or like from the male side, like not understanding, like, why am I feeling like this? You know, um, my husband always says, he's like, you know, I I read, I once read that women are constantly saying, do you notice me? Do you notice me? And men are constantly saying, do I have what it takes? Do I have what it takes? Mm -hmm. And you know, those are, they, those don't go together well. And so when we understand those things about each other and understand those things about ourselves, then we can start to come together and do that. And we just gotten more and more passionate about wanting to say like, Hey, this horrible thing happened to us mm-hmm. but we can see how it maybe had to happen to us not that God caused it but he outside of it has moved he's answered the cries mm-hmm. of my heart like I said he's entered the cries of Brett's heart he's answered the cries of our heart the heart of our marriage um, and we moved and changed so much and we just want we just now like we ultimately are just like we want to share that so I'll lay my head on that rock I'll lay my head on that rock time and time and time again because mm-hmm. of the faithfulness and the way God showed up in our marriage and in our individual lives And I, like I said, I would, I'd go through it again, even though every time I say I would go through it again, I kind of want to throw up a little bit in my mouth. It was was very, very traumatic, but it is how I feel. God moved and it was
0: crazy. Yeah. And I think a lot of people can relate to that when we're able to look back on situations that we've gone through and it was horrible and it was awful, but also being able to see all the blessings that I have now. I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing right now in this place if I hadn't mm-hmm. gone through those things that so I right. had gone through. Yeah. So, being able to, as crappy as those things were, and as hard as they were, and as heartbreaking as they can be, they, they're building. It's part of building our story. That's right. And hopefully, working towards being that best version of who we are by following what the Lord has for us and how He's pulling us and stretching us and calling us outside of those comfortable places Mm -hmm. that we want to get all warm and cozy in, but that aren't just not that the fruit is not going to be there. We're not going to bear that fruit that we could, if we did that
1: pruning. Yeah,
0: for sure. So uncomfortable.
1: Yeah. And it leaves us in that place of just uttering, like, I trust you. Yeah. I trust you. It's like, I can imagine like, Just as I, you know, as my head lays on this rock, like I trust you, I trust you, and I almost utter myself to sleep that way, right? Like it's like we can, we can do that. You too, with what where God is calling you out to. Like I
0: trust you, I trust you, I trust you. That's my mantra. It's terrifying. I just gotta keep saying that. I trust you, okay, Lord. I trust you. I trust you. I'm putting all my trust in you. Yeah. And just that's what I gotta lay my head on.
1: Yeah. His promises are right there for the taking. He means them. Mm -hmm. He means them all the time. He's
0: so for us. He loves us so, so much. Mm-hmm. He's hey, so And yeah. do that. Yes. 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 Amen. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, ladies, we are so glad that you were here with us today. We just hope that you were as blessed by these conversations as we were getting to be here together. Um, we will be back again in two weeks on October 9th with another episode of Eden Speaks, So we hope that you will join us. Yeah. And speaking of
1: blessing, um, may you be blessed as you explore this idea of God's promises for you. What are the rocks in your life? Where is he promising you? What is he promising you about those rocks? And as you look for him, call those rocks pillars um, because he is so present with you. So be blessed, ladies. We'll see you again.